Um, when I was 19 years old, yeah, I, I asked my mentor, I said, Sam, will you teach it all to me? I mean, all of it. Don't hold back. I want to know all of it. All yeah. of it, right? Yeah. And he said, okay, I will teach you. He said, but I want one thing from you. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, when the time is right and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as you can mm. everything I've taught you. So at 19 years old, I made an oath and I made a vow to my mentor that today is manifest as Givers University. Amazing. Welcome to the Audacious Living Podcast, hosted by my man, Audley Stevenson, the odd man. He'll unpack wisdom and insights from a cross-section of top quality performers in business, media, sports, entertainment, and lifestyle to uncover key elements to help you live your best audacious life ever. So without further ado, here is The Odd Man. Greetings and and salutations. Uh, Welcome to another edition of The Audacious Living Podcast. I'm Audley Stevenson, and uh, as always, I appreciate you uh, taking some time and locking in with the most audacious podcast you'll find on the internet. Uh, as always, I thank you for being a part of this journey uh, as we continue our ongoing goal of helping you live your best audacious life ever. As always, I would encourage you to connect with us through our social media channels. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle The Audacious Pod. And then if you head over to uh, Facebook and type in The Audacious Living Podcast in the search engine, you will locate us there as well. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, then you know all you've got to do is tap the notification bell down below and you'll instantly subscribe to our channel. So please get on board The Audacious Train, like, follow, subscribe, share, tell a friend, And uh, let's keep doing our part to keep this audacious conversation going and flowing. Um, Here's a question for you. Have you ever been in a difficult or challenging situation that you didn't think anyone would understand? Of course you have. Or how about when you needed guidance or advice of someone and you didn't know where to turn to or didn't even think that there was someone out there that knew what you were experiencing? These are all really familiar scenarios to all of us, and we've been through it, and we've experienced them all at some point or another. It's in those moments that the true value of having a mentor really stands out. At some point or another, you know, we're all striving for some form of excellence, whether it's in our our personal or professional lives. And that's where mentors can help us, because they can help us achieve these things through either listening or, or sharing of their own experiences or even the lessons that they learned along the way. So great, great, great value in mentorship. E.A. Sokovitz uh, is someone who's benefited greatly by having a mentor in his life at an early age, and it's that relationship that served him well. Um, He went on to have a a hugely financial, successful career as an entrepreneur, but I think to me, the thing that stands out the most about his story specific, and you'll hear from him on the podcast in a bit, is that he took those lessons uh, that he learned from his mentor and is now paying them forward. And he's actually established his own university called the Givers University, 
where he helps uh, transform personal, business, uh, and social into a life of increased, exceptional happiness, freedom, and greatness. And I think it's a great, great story that uh, you'll all surely take something away from. Again, EA is a gentleman who, who had a mentor at an early age, uh, listened, absorbed the information, used it to benefit his own life, but it didn't stop there. And now he's, he's doing so all sorts of remarkable things and impacting others. So like I said, it's a great, great story. You're really going to appreciate it. So without any further ado, here's my conversation with EA Sokolvitz. Enjoy. I guess first and foremost, EA, I really appreciate you you joining me here on the Audacious Living podcast. Thank um, you. I'm very eager to learn and hear about Givers University and, and, and the found and how that founded and, and what it's all about. Because I, uh, from everything I've seen, and, and, and I also point out that I, I have taken my seven seven question quiz to 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 immerse oh, okay. myself. So I, awesome. I went and did awesome. that. So um, I, I'd love to hear more about that. But let's let maybe let's start there. Tell us all about what Givers University is all about. Well, I, happy to, and uh, thank you for those kind words for sure. And uh, um, and, and it actually dates back quite a bit because it's been decades in the making and manifestation, if you will, um, going way. Isn't that, back. Al- isn't that always the case? <laughs> yeah, it really is. You know the the old uh, you know uh, forty you know forty year overnight success, right? That's right. The uh, yeah, so the uh, my, my upbringing was actually very humble. My father was a milkman. Uh, you know, I was born and raised in the Chicago land area in an area called Oak Brook area. And, uh, my father had a, you know, one man operation delivering milk for Twin Oaks Dairy as, you know, most of the route guys did. So it was very ordinary upbringing, you know, uh, nothing spectacular about it per se. Um, other than I saw my father every day, not having a boss looking over his shoulder and that he got up at the three in the morning and it was up to him to do it. And he did his route and it was his thing. Right. Right. So, uh, and then at, at the ripe old age of 16 and all this leads up to how Givers University came about. Uh, and I, and I'll, I'll, I'll cover it in bigger chunks for your listener's sake, if you will. Yeah. But, uh, and, and there was two extraordinary events that happened, uh, in my mm-hmm. teens. Mm-hmm. One was, uh, at 16, I became a janitor. That was my first big step towards success. I didn't mind being a janitor because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so the uh, so here I was at 16 years old, and uh, I was able to be bonded, which means insured. And uh, so yeah. if my buffer hit a piece of equipment, insurance company would pay for it, right? Sure. So that allowed me to be in expensive places and allowed me to also clean expensive homes. And every Wednesday, I cleaned the home of a lady whose name won't mean anything to your listeners until I make the movie reference, then they'll know who it is. Yeah. Um, a few years back, couple just a couple years, there was a movie out uh, called The Founder. Uh, it's about Ray Kroc, and he uh, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, and it's about McDonald's, right? Yes. I, did, did you catch it by any chance? No, no I'm familiar with the movie. I never oh, okay, thought, okay. I, I am familiar yeah, with the Actually, it's a, it's a very good view, but I can share with you, at the very beginning, it says, based on a true story. And that's true. It's based on a true story, but it's not the story, right? Okay, you know, it's, okay. it's very Hollywoodized and Hollywood spin. And yep. Ray wasn't the way he's portrayed in the movie. That's all drama, right? right but anyway, right. so, but I live there, you know, and, and in my lifetime, I witnessed the whole McDonald's phenomenon, you know? Mm-hmm. So sure. uh, the in the movie, Michael Keaton, who plays Ray Kroc, is always talking to a lady. She's in the entire movie. He's talking to this lady outside his office all the time. He says, June this, June this. Her name is June Martino. Okay. And that lady is the lady who house I cleaned every Wednesday. Okay. And, and and she was actually an extraordinary woman. She was actually the first woman to ever be able to trade 
on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange ever. Wow. Uh, she was quite extraordinary. When I met her, she had third most controlling stock in McDonald's, and she was already a huge icon. Oh, so and she one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so she and she told me about the impact that Ray had on her life, and that was my first sight into what you and I would call a mentor, right? I mean, I didn't know what a mentor was. You know, I, I didn't right. know how to spell it. I right. spent all my hooked on phonics money on something else, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. You can always tell if someone gets the hooked on phonics reference that, you know, <laughs> it does an age category thing right there. If they get that one, they know, <laughs> they know what it is. I got yeah, you. yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, there, so uh, there I was, and, and June's telling me this whole amazing story, the whole McDonald's thing, and, and plus right. what I had witnessed myself. And I thought, man, you know, I need to find me a Ray Kroc. That's mm-hmm. what I need because it certainly didn't work out for bad for her. I'm cleaning a million-dollar home, and it sure. was a million-dollar home back then yes. in this area called Ginger Creek, which is like an annex to Oak Brook, where the world headquarters for McDonald's was. So it wasn't two or three months later. I meet this man with the janitorial service I was with. He needed some carpeting for this diamond store he was opening. I went to give an estimate, and he offered me a job, and I started working for him. He became my mentor. He became... The, man, the father I never had, even though I had a father. And I became the son he never had, even though he had a son. I was very blessed to have him in my life. And I didn't know when I met him. He was a puritanical genius. Not not the IQ, which I don't believe in the IQ baloney genius, you know, because gotcha. I, I've met too many educated idiots in my life, you know, that you know, they have all the information, they spew it all back at you, but zero execution, zero implementation skills, right? I understand. So hey, those are I love I affectionately refer to them as educated idiots, right? Yes, yes. All the book knowledge, no no execution. That's what's all I got. Yeah. It can apply, right? Yep. Yep. So and and he was the opposite, you know. So to share with you a story that sort of sets the stage and really a lot of how Givers University came about and 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 and, and besides the fact it's an astonishing story. Uh, my my mentor Sam Robbins grew up during the Depression, the Great okay. Depression, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he told me about things were so bad. For some of his meals, he actually ate cardboard. Wow. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. Right? And uh, he said, you know, he said, literally, there was people jumping off of buildings because they lost their fortunes. Yep. Right? Yep. It's committing suicide. Yeah. And, and they, and they you know, multi-mile long soup kitchen lines, you know, no one had any money. Mm. So every day he walked by this store and there was just one man in there and the store was filled with sewing machines. So one day he just had this brainstorm that hit him, this idea hit him, and he went in the store, started talking with the guy, and he found out he was the owner. And, uh, and so my business mentor said, you know, I don't see a lot of traffic. He goes, yeah, no one's buying sewing machines. They're trying to put food on their table. You right, know? sure. These things are, sure. they're just collecting dust. Exactly. Yeah, and he, and, and, uh, and he said, in fact, I'm the owner. He said, I, I can't even afford employees. He said, That's, this is it, the whole thing. And he said, I'm going downhill fast. So my mentor said, would you mind if I helped you sell some of these? And he said, what do you have in mind? You know, I'm, I, you bet. What, what do you got right. an idea? He said, well, rather than having people come in and buy the whole thing, how about if I put together a program where they can buy them on payments and we'll split the payments and I'll guarantee the sewing machine if someone takes off with it or doesn't make good on the payments, I'll guarantee it. And he said, we'll split it and I'll help you move some sewing machines. And the guy said, do it, man. They're just, I paid for all of them. They're sitting there collecting dust. You know, right, right, do something right, with them. Right, right. So my mentor then made a flyer and posted it all over the place, all over the place, for women to work from home. He said he got so many responses because everyone needed money. And the mm. fact that anyone was employing anything 
You know, they, he, he couldn't even respond to all of them. So what he did was he put together a way for these women to buy a sewing machine on payments. He would provide them with the patterns to sew, the clothing, the material. They would make the clothing and he would guarantee he would buy it from them, virtually guaranteeing their income, which means they could make the payments and make right. profit. Exactly. Then he turned around and sold that clothing to stores as high quality, handmade, really discounted clothing that they could sell to people who didn't have a lot of money, but they got great high quality clothing. Right, right. So while people were jumping off of buildings, standing in multi-mile long soup kitchens, mm. he earned $1 million in one wow. year. Wow. Now, and here's the amazing part of all of that. It didn't take any of his own money. All he did was took the time to look at everyone else's problem yeah. and solve it. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah, like I'm listening to that and I'm going, like it, it's, it's it, you, you, it, you had to, it's, I think taking the time is exactly it. You, you took the time to understand, to figure out, you know, and you do that sometimes, you gotta figure out sort of where your lane is and figure out where that was and create an opportunity for himself. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, and, and, and you know, a million dollars during that time period is well over 10 million today oh, absolutely. in one year. And, and, he said the mo and he said the incredible part was this community he formed of these women that just multiplied at this huge rate because word spread. You know, you can make money yes. doing this and they're going to buy the clothing from you so you're not at risk. And uh, so needless to say, he sold a lot of sewing machines, not to mention all the other things that happened, the problems he solved. Oh, sure. So. He so he he was that kind of person, if you will, mm. right? And I was so blessed to to meet him, and 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 that sort of brings us to what I'd like to share with your listeners, because I really pray I give them some golden nuggets from yeah, yeah. the things that have been taught to me that were much the people were much smarter than me. <laughs> I only had I only had one superpower, and I still only have one superpower. I do have the ability to say, you know, I don't know anything about that. Could you please teach me about that? Humility. And, you know, everyone today wants to be preeminent. Everyone wants to be the smartest guy in the room. Yep. And they all want to know. And, and, and my superpower was just being the opposite. Yep. To just say, you know, I don't know anything about it. Could you teach me about that? I'm very yep. interested. Yep. And the knowledge that was constantly thrown at me by people who had done great things was a real blessing because yep. I had the ability to say, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, instead of trying to make myself all look really good and everything else. And, and I, I think part of it was just easy because my father was a milkman. And, you know, that was just pretty humble upbringing up you know, right. the, and I think that was sort of a carry through but so I, I want to share with your listeners something I think that's very interesting and thought-provoking that in the last couple of years has taken place okay as we talk about community because that was a critical part of my business mentor was this community of women mm. that wanted to work from home that needed extra money that did a wonderful job and he built that community of these women and there's a lot of great communities today. There's people love dogs and help dogs, people helping children. There's, there's so many great communities and great organizations. But the word community has begun to take on a new meaning. And I'd like to share by virtue of demonstration to some of your listeners how that can happen. Years ago, if I spelled the word D-I-E-T, -E that was diet, right? Yes. Many years ago, if I went to a meeting with a couple of people there, I went to a diet. Yes. That was a meeting. Then later on, spelled the same way, the word changed, and if I got a weekly allowance or a stipend, that was called a weekly diet. Mm -hmm. 
right? Spelled the same way, whole new meaning. Yep. Then later on, as I was growing up, the word diet meant the way you ate every day. It was your eating habits, your That's daily right. diet, right? That's right. It was your eating habits. Now, if you say diet, it means weight loss. That's right. Right? So all the same word, spelled the same way, four totally different yeah, meanings. Exactly. Right? We've seen the same thing happen with the word community. And I've witnessed it personally. Maybe some of your listeners will ha have witnessed what I'm about ready to, to mention. These are so-called communities. I label them as taker communities, not giver communities. Okay. Here's the scenario. You get cajoled, you get invited, come join, be a part of our community. And then within hours later, they're sending you multiple emails to buy stuff. That's right. right? Right uh, or days later, and they're just pelting you, right? Yes. And 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 I and my first thought was other than immediately disassociated myself. I said, you know, why are you doing a bait and switch on me? You know, That's call right. it what it is. It's a customer list. Correct. And then if you call it what it is, if I like your products or services, I'll join your list. No problem. I may be interested, but don't do a bait and switch on me and call it a community. Right. And then immediately start soliciting. That's not so, it. So and and so uh, that's happened to me on more than one occasion. I don't Absolutely. know if it's happened to you yet, but Absolutely. you know and for some of your listeners. So I, I share with people, the example of a taker community is like the old West where they had covered wagons and they circled and they made a big circle. Yes. A taker community makes the big circle of covered wagons and they start shooting inward. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wrong direction, guys. All right, so we're not, yeah, they shoot at each other, right? I mean, so, and, and, and so with taker communities, there's simply as simplest definition I've been able to come up with thus far is, a taker community is formed to make money off of you. Mm -hmm. That's why it exists, right? Now, by contrast, my business mentor taught me about what a giver community is, and he taught me just some wonderful lessons in life. One of them I can share with your listeners, my business mentor in my teens told yes. me the following. He said, let me share with you how this life thing works. He said, picture in your mind this scale, and on the right side of this scale is all the things you're going to receive and get in your life. Right. On the left side of the scale are all the things you're going to give and contribute in your life. He said, this scale is an amazing scale because it strives for balance. He said, even when it seems at a moment it's out of balance, it always balances itself. Right. It's never ultimately out of balance. He said, so here's the way this works. And he said, it's going to be hard to do it in the beginning. He right. said, but when you get your head around it, it's like magic. He said, forget about the receiving side. Forget about it. Mm. And do your best to heave so much on the giving side that your goal is to put this scale out of balance because mm. you've put so much on that side. Yeah. And he said, when you do that, you'll never have to worry about what comes to you on the right side. Mm. And by doing what he taught me, what I'm about ready to say is not to be braggados. I just want to be a testimonial to show what he taught me works. Yes, yes. At 23, I was a millionaire. At 33 years old, that was the first year in personal salary, not business income. After I paid my taxes, I had a million dollars left over in my pocket that year. Wow. At 33 years old. Was that me? No. Was it special? No. What was special was I learned from someone else who yeah. had earned a million dollars. Right. That's right. That's right. right? That's I, le right. I, I learned from someone else that could, knew you could do it because he had done it, right? right? And I listen to so many people and they get these people that, you know, quote unquote gurus, right? And, and none of them have done it. Right. You know, they, they're, they're, you know, all they're really doing is just paying for someone else's education for them to learn at their expense. <laughs> right.
That's you know? right. So, you know, so we want to make sure as a mentor, we have those people. And he, he taught me about this giver scale of life. And we call this, it's a very critical part of the givers communities that we teach people to build. Right, right. Now, the next thing is that he taught me, which was extraordinary. And this, I, still today, I mean, he's passed away because of his health. You know, I mean, literally sure, living sure. on cardboard, you know, I mean, in his younger years. The diabetes took a, you know, I mean, he got diabetes and yep, it took him. I get you it. Know, he, he left the planet early because of that, right? I understand. I understand. But uh, he, he came to me one day. And, and at this point, we were. Are you still in your teens at this point? Are you like, cause, because, because. At this point, I'm in my 30s. We jumped. Okay, so so I think for me, for me, when you talk about getting those lessons at such a young age, right? First of all, it's 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 priceless at a teenager to hear that. Were, were you fully conceptualized your understanding that young, or did it take you some time to get there? The latter, yeah. uh, you know, because I, I mean, it all sounded good, but you know, right. and there were things that it's you know, wow, this is really great stuff, but it, it became a deeper level of understanding. And I think that's where education sub gets supplanted with wisdom. Right. You know, as wisdom is learning what to do and knowing when to do it and how to do it, as opposed to just knowing what needs to be done. Right. Right. And, and so it was time. It's over time, you know, that I learned. I, and, and many mistakes in spite of what he taught me, I made mistakes, you know. Right. And, and I learned, I go, oh, that's why he says that. Okay, well, I got it. Well, well sometimes we got to make our own mistakes to get there, right? Like, that's you know. exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And, and uh, so he taught me. He came to me one day and he yep. said, uh, and, and we're equal partners at this point, and I'm in my early 30s. And he said, uh, I would like to propose something. I said, okay. And... He had this twinkle in his eye that I had learned to see. I don't know. There was a, a, a an old show years ago. It was called The Monkeys. Yeah. And 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 whenever Davy Jones yeah. in The Monkeys, whenever he saw this girl he would fall in love with with that episode, his eyes would twinkle. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Right. Right. My business mentor did that. I swear to God, he could with his eyes, and I'd see his eyes, and I go, "Oh boy, this is gonna be really good. Yeah. This is gonna, you know." He so he walked in, he had that twinkle, and I go, "Oh, this is gonna be something." I, he hadn't even spoken yet, but I knew the look, right? And uh, he said, "I would like to uh, suggest that we compete against each other." Okay. And I said, "Okay, you know, we're equal partners. Well, what do you mean? Is this what I propose? We compete each year." to see who can make the other one more money. And whoever loses, the loser has to buy the winner anything they ask for. And I said, what? I said, okay, wait, wait. Before I agree to this, I want to make sure I understand what you just said. What you're saying is, if you make me more money next year yeah. than I make you, that means I lose. And then you get to ask me for anything you want and I have to buy it for you. He said, yeah. I said, okay, so the other way works too, right? That means if I make you more money than you yep. made me, you lose, and I get to ask for anything I want, and you have to buy that for me. He said, yeah, that's right. I said, okay, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's do it. We, and so I committed, and oh, the next year, he beat me so bad. I mean, it was, it was almost brutal. Right, right, right. So I had to and did pay cash for a house for him in Florida. Wow. Paid cash for the house. Now, I couldn't be mad. 
No, I made the he money. Made money. Yeah, he made me more money than I made him. I had the money to do it. I couldn't. Yep. There's nothing to be mad about. Yeah, and I and I thought to myself, man, I gotta get smart quick because this is gonna hurt if I don't figure this out fast, right? <laughs> and so, and and the next year I did win, and he bought me an aircraft, and I became a commercial pilot. The next year he bought me a limousine, my own limousine and driver. The next year he bought me another airplane. I had two aircraft at that okay. point. And then after that, we just sort of started carrying it on. And it wasn't until a couple of years later it dawned on me what he had really done. I thought, man, this guy, he is something else. See, he realized his health was deteriorating. We both knew it. Right. And he knew we owned everything 50-50 right. and that he was never going to be able to keep up with me just out of sheer effort and time and everything sure. else. Right? Sure, He didn't want my head to get goofed up because we were splitting everything. He wanted me to win. So that would be my little extra perk or benefit each year so my head wouldn't get goofed up because we were splitting everything. I thought, man, what kind of man comes up with this? That's it. That's it. You know, to think of this idea and to know, to see in advance what could potentially happen. Yeah. Right? To value our friendship and relationship so much, to craft this thing in his own mind and come in knowing up front that I would start winning later on. Right. And you thought, man, what kind of man comes up with that? What a blessing to have him in my life. And, oh my and so we refer to that. We actually refer to that with our givers community, what we call the givers contest intention. Okay. And the givers contest intention means as follows. You have a fiduciary responsibility to have everyone benefit more than you do back. Mm. Now, that's going into things the opposite and certainly contrarian to how most people enter into anything. Absolutely. It's all about winning. It's all about getting for myself. It's not about what I can do for you. Right. And then I could say, well, and since everyone goes in it that way, and since most people don't earn a million dollars in their whole lifetime, if you add all the money together, all their income right. together every year, they don't. It, it's still not at a million. It's getting closer now because of inflation and everything else, but it, it, it still is not quite there. No. And yet... A few people do it, percentage-wise. Right. There must be something about being a little bit contrarian, right? Doing a little bit different. So if I can, I'd like to share with you what we do to help people absolutely free build their own giver communities around them. Okay. One of the things we do is we teach people at Givers University to discern. That's basically if someone said, what do we do? I said, teach people how to discern in their relationships. Because I, I share with your listeners, we love everybody. I say that emphatically. We love everybody. But we teach people how to separate the person who we love from their deeds, which we may not love. Right. That's right. And we teach them how to discern, not what they say, but what they do. Watch these things. Watch these deeds because their deeds will not lie. They may know the right words to say that may not be telling you the full truth, but their deeds cannot hide, right? So we teach people and we even have a checklist of literally 25 do's. We call it the 25 do's. And we say, these are the things to watch. And when you see people doing these 25 things, then you begin to discern should I pull them closer into my life right? and make them part of my giver community or because of what I'm seeing them do? Should I begin to respectfully, not rude or nasty, respectfully distance myself from them because if I bring them closer, they're going to make me collateral damage That's and right. I'm going to be stomping out fires not in my making. That's right. 
And we got enough things going on today that we don't need to be stomping out fires that we don't make. We absolutely do, and you're right. I, I, I just really love, I want to go back to the emphasis on community um, and, 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 the, and the proper definition of that because uh, that really is a starting point at EA in terms of understanding you know, what we're trying to do and who we're trying to, who we're trying to do it for and aid. And it is, in fact, our community. And whether that's physical location or like-mindedness or because you know, there's different ways to find community, but I just very much like the fact that there's the emphasis put on it. Yeah, thank you. And, and we call ours Givers Juntos. And a Junto basically, by definition, is a group of people meeting together for a common purpose. Okay. That's it. A group of people meeting together for a common purpose. The word is interesting. It started out actually in the 1600s, wasn't used too much. And then in the 1700s, it was picked up by a gentleman by the name of Benjamin Franklin. Okay. Uh, in 1727, Benjamin Franklin formed a group of 12 friends. And he called this group the Mutual Improvement Club. Okay. Later on, he called it the Junto. Later on, he called it the Leather Apron Club. Okay. Now, what's interesting is that they met every Friday for a couple of hours. They talked about everything from politics to morals to ethics to everything else. And it can be arguably said that our very Declaration of Independence, the very seeds of the Declaration of Independence, can be traced back to the conversations at the Ben Franklin Junto. So no one can tell me Juntos can't have a lot of power. When you get people together for any mutually good purpose, great things happen. So we have three kinds of Juntos we teach people. And I'm okay. in the interest of time, I'm going to hit them a little bit earlier because people can, we have free information available. We want to help people do that. Yep. You know, we're givers community. So our job is to try to get that scale out of balance that I talked yes. about, you yep. know, yep. heaving yep. it on that side. That's right. So, And that's a great analogy, kind of, by the way. That's a great analogy. It really is. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And again, talk to me. You know, I didn't make up any of this stuff. I mean, yeah. this is just all I am. I just became conduit because yeah. my mentor taught me. I can do it. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so so <laughs> you can do it. I can do it. So there, there's three kinds of juntos that we teach and that we help people build. One's called the Greater Junto. That can be any number of people worldwide. Good example of that would be like maybe Salvation Army, Lions Club, something like that. That mm -hmm. you know, a, a large group, but there's a common purpose. Yep. The second is what we call the Givers Insider Junto. That's more of a close knit intimate group, two to 12 members maybe. Um, the Ben Franklin Leather Apron Club would be a good example of the the, right. the inner Junto. And then we have the Givers Millionaire Junto, which is a group of two to 12 vetted millionaires who are all getting together for common purpose. A good example of that was not only the one my business mentor and I had ourselves, um, that was certainly a millionaire Junto for sure. Uh, another good example was uh, in 1915, a man by the name of Henry Ford formed a Junto. Uh, and it consisted of him, uh, Thomas Edison, who was an inventor, mm, mm. Harvey Firestone from Firestone Tires, wow. and John Burroughs, who was a, a prolific writer and poet. Also, interestingly enough, he was a federal bank examiner. So okay. he must have been the money guy. I, that's all I can guess. <laughs> he had to be the money guy. Don't do that. Do that. Right. Every so, group needs one. Yeah. And they actually named themselves the Four Vagabonds. That was the yeah. name of the group, right? Okay. And that was a millionaire Junto. So, uh, and it actually got so well known that they traveled together and then people tried to sort of hitch a ride with their traveling and then they started to meet more privately again. So what we do is we teach people and we walk them through the seven steps of building their own Junto, mm. right? Because, you know, and I'm sure you're familiar with Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, and yep. I'm sure many of your listeners are. And Napoleon Hill does a masterful job of talking about the mastermind group, right? 
Yes. And I've known people that have tried to form one of those and they come together and after a couple of months, they just sort of dissipate. They just sort of fall apart and go by the wayside. And it always sort of bothered me. I thought, well, you know, this works. I know it works. I know yes. how it worked with my mentor. Yes. So I started thinking about why was that, you know, and, and that led to curiosity and curiosity in the right way leads to solutions. And so from that, I began to realize that what people really needed was a very granular how-to approach. Napoleon Hill explains the principle of it masterfully. But at the granular level, what do I do? You know, not the broad innocuous swaths of information that sound good, but when you can filter it all the way down to where you can no longer say, how do I do that? Right. Because there it is, that's how you do it, right? right? That's what we wanted to bring to the table. So we use a word that helps people remember the seven steps. And the word is discern. So we're, it's what we teach, right? Okay. So D-I-S-C-E-R-N. And I'm, yeah. I'm gonna run through that real quick for your listeners. Yeah. and. You know, even though it'll be a little bit rapid fire, they can, I, I hope they listen to your podcast multiple times anyway. They should. Uh, so, so discern, the first D in discern, yeah. it stands for decide. You have yeah. to decide who you want to have in your group, right? Well, how do you do that? You know, a few interviews ago, I had a guy say, you know, this is all great stuff. I love, I love his givers and taker stuff. He said, I read a book, says I have to have five good people around me. I said, you're right. You should. I have one question. Which five? Mm. And he like stared at me with these little orphan Annie eyes. And I said, you see my point? No one's teaching us which five. Right, that's right. Everyone say we need to do it, but how do you decide, right? And, uh, and, and, and to do it in such a way so that we're not judging or labeling people because we don't judge and label people. We label their deeds, not the people. That's right. Correct. Big difference, big yep. difference, right? True, true. We love everyone, right? So first you have to decide. So we teach people by virtue of a free checklist we give them these are the 25 things you should be watching for. Yeah. And when they hit these 25, they're exactly where you need them to be. And these are the people you would want to bring in closer. Mm. Now, if there's, if you see 13 of those 25 of that they're not doing, then they might be being a little takerish. Mm. And you may want to be thinking about respectfully distancing yourself and certainly not bringing them closer. Understood. Because your, your productivity is going to go out the window when that happens because of the fires you're going to be stomping out and your stress level going up. <laughs> You know, and that's what's amazing to me. Uh, I have to share with you that, you know, we're, we've seen businesses coming and going and opening yes. and closing faster than ever before. Yes, absolutely. Products being antiquated overnight by brand new products. Someone comes up with something in their basement or garage yep. and it yep. takes the world by storm. Yep. All right, that's happening so fast. What do we have left? Mm. Our relationships. That's right. And no one's teaching us how do we discern. You know, everyone says you got to do this, you got to do that. And I and, and we like to say at Givers University, well, also that's good, but what about the guy that's doing it wrong? Yes. What should I do about that? Right. Because he's gonna come in my life. And if he does, and I'm not prepared and I don't know how to discern, my life's gonna go sideways. That's right, that's right, that's right. The people around us will influence our thoughts. They will influence the things we do. When I was a kid, when you hung out with some a little while, you'd start Ooh. saying the same things they did. And Absolutely. we used to say, owe me a Coke. You know, yeah. If you said the same thing at the same time, you said, "Yo, me a coke." You know, that was the that was the joke, right? And uh, and and listen, that was that was a lesson my mom used to talk about as a kid, right? Like, you know, watch who you hang out with. It's it's so true. And no one's teaching us how to discern. Yeah. How do you discern? What should you be looking for? Mm. Not in what they say, because our talk talks, and our walk talks, mm. but our walk talks louder than our talk talks. Yes, it does. 
I want to let you know I practiced that before I said that. Anyway, so the uh, so I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, that's good practice. Whew, close one. So the, so so the so the D is for decide. You got to decide who you want to have when you do it, right? Yep. I is invite. You want to invite these twelve people. We teach people how do you invite them. What do you say? S is for seed. Seed is where you seed it and you get, and this is a critical part, you get an expectational commitment up front. Hmm. When we form this Junto, there's certain things that we all agree to up front. If these are not okay with you, no problem. We love you. You're just not a part of the fit, right? That's right. But these are things from the beginning we all agree to. And this helps create the structure for what the Junto is because of the expectational commitment up front. Now with Giver's Junto specifically, now people can use this for their own Junto. Mm -hmm. We're saying specifically for what we call Giver's Juntos, we teach people how to, we tell them they need to commit to three things, we call it the three pillars and the one intention. Okay. They need to commit to the three pillars and the one intention up front before they're allowed to come in. Sure, sure, it's fair. The three pillars are, the first one is the Givers University, our credo. Givers credo is give to be great, that you can give, you can be great mm. by giving. You it. don't have to be great by taking. I right? love it. Our pledge is to help every, help every Givers Junto member lead a life of predictable, massive, and exceptional happiness, freedom, and greatness. And our third is our labor of love. We have a labor of love. We're advocates of a labor of love, something that we're doing that's way bigger than us. And this coming fall, the fall of 2022, we are going to be launching this most amazing, huge program. That's why we're doing all of this now as a foundation for that, where literally we have figured out how to put an end to hunger one zip code at a time. Wow. One zip code at a time, how to do it. And uh, we'll be launching that actually as and all with our Givers Juntos, right? As part of that labor of love. The intention of the Givers Junto is what we call the Givers Contest Intention. Okay. The contest that my mentor came to me with that we're going to compete to see who can help the other one more, more. right? There we go. So we tell everyone, you've got to agree to this up front. If, you, if that's not where you're coming from, no problem. But you're not going to be a part of the group. So convene. I love how it goes full circle, the whole giving. It really does. Yeah. It really does. Uh, the C in discern is for convene. Convene on a regular basis. Okay. Um, you know, whether it's weekly, monthly, every couple of weeks, quarterly, just do it on a regular basis and have a structure. E is for establish a name for the group. Uh, the Leather Apron Club with Ben Franklin, the, the Four Vagabonds with Henry Ford. Right. Give an identity to the group because that helps camaraderie and yes. begins some of the glue, if you will, of holding it together. Yep. Um, and then R is rotate. We actually provide an agenda that helps give structure to each of the meetings that, you know, ask these questions to every person in the, every, all of your members, this, your next meeting, right? And, and these, this agenda helps them on an ongoing basis provide not only the initial structure of everyone agreeing to expectations, but also on an ongoing basis, this is what we do here. This is how, this is how we help each other with the giver's contest intention. So we provide that and the R's for rotate so that every meeting, there's a new chairperson. Everyone gets a chance, right? No one's better than everyone else. They're all there. Basically, if you had 12 people, there's one person competing to give the other 11 more than they're getting back and the other 11 are doing the same thing. That sounds so powerful, EA. That sounds so 
so powerful and uh, you, you think of what you're doing within the scope of that community but then what that can do to the broader society it it, it, it we our intention is to turn it inside out mm. to say you know hey, if it was working so good why are so many people unhappy why is so many people broke why i mean i can go through the whole list if all those things are working if not maybe just maybe right. we need to look at a new approach yep Yep. And uh, the N, which is the final letter in uh, discern, is numbers. Uh, seed other Juntos. You could be a member of an insider one and a millionaire one at the same time. And um, in the interest of time, just to sort of mention with your listeners, how can they get all this? We want to give it to them. It's free. Um, they go to our website, Givers University. It's plural, GiversUniversity.com. Yep. They can sign up for our newsletter, um, and uh, which, by the way, when you did the quiz, you're automatic. You just you got on that as well. Perfect. Um, but we, and, and right after that, you get a download that says the seven arrows that take or shoot at givers. Um, and then a couple of days later, they'll get another download that's the 25 do's, the checklist I shared with you. Yes, yes. We want them to download this, print it off, put it in your pocket and, and begin to use it in your business, with your social life, even with your family. You know, I mean, begin to use, these are the things you want to be observing yeah. and it's a skill that just isn't being taught that we want to teach people be skillful in your relationships, be mm. discerning because they can have such a, they will have such a huge impact Absolutely. on you. Absolutely. So they should go to, and, and then once a week, we don't spam people. You know, I don't believe in that, you know, just start nailing their email. Uh, every Thursday, yep. we send out one short email. It's called the giver's toolbox. Every week on Thursday morning, we send out an email that is basically another tool that everyone can put in their relationship discernment toolbox for that week. It's a short read. There's usually a little two minute clip in it. I mean, it's just simple. And that's it, you know, because our intention is we want to show people that there is another way yes. and you can give to be great. You can. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm very curious to find out, uh, the foundation of the university itself. Like you, 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 you had all these great lessons. Uh, your mentor poured and poured into you. You learned, you grew, you developed. When did you get to that point where I've got to do this and it's given out to others? Boy, what a perfect question. Um, when I was 19 years old, yeah, I, I asked my mentor, I said, Sam, will you teach it all to me? I mean, all of it. Don't hold back. I want to know all of it, all yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. And he said, okay, I will teach you. He said, but, I want one thing from you. And I said, okay, what is it? He said, when the time is right and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many people as you can mm. everything I've taught you. So at 19 years old, I made an oath and I made a vow to my mentor that today is manifest as Givers University. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I love it. I love it. And the way you followed through on that and committed to it. Um, there's, there's much to be said about that. Yeah, congratulations. I really, that's a huge accomplishment. Even, you know, the, the, the work that you're doing with Givers University is, is phenomenal. Phenomenal, no question about it. I had a chance to, to go through the site and, and look and read the material. And, that's why, and like I said, I, I did the, the seven-question quiz, which um, uh, really focused on your circle and those people around you and, you know, and, and, and how they might react or respond to certain situations. And, uh, I, but when you sort of stop that, pause that for a second, and that's great in itself, the fact that you followed through on that, 
to me is just outstanding. It really, really is. Thank you. I have to share with you, I actually would be very concerned about ever stopping because I, I feel my mentors looking over my shoulder. And he said, remember what you promised? Always with and, us. And, 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 and I can share with you, there's so many blessings I, that I get every single day, you know, yeah. in so many great ways. And, and I know that's because I'm fulfilling that oath and yeah. he's helping me, you know, and, yeah. and, and these people that don't understand this, they're, I just say, oh, you just, you're missing so much, so many great blessings in your life and so many great things that could be happening if you simply listen to the people, uh, the people like yourself, your great podcast, you, you're, a vent, you're a mentor to thousands of people right now. And, and if they have someone that's a little takerish in their family, one of the best thing they should do is have your podcast and play it for them right. and say, you know, yeah, I heard this podcast, you should listen, it's very thought provoking right. and you never know. No, they may start becoming yep. a little more giverish, you know. Yep. Yep. So you're a mentor for so many people and helping them. And yep. I, I pray many people listen to this and share your interview, this our interview together with others yes. to help maybe open their minds that there is another way. And not only that, it truly is a better way because yeah. all of the benefits that in many times will end up as money, but not always, yep. but they don't need to be. That's right. That's right. Well, and again, it goes back to what your, you know, your, your goal or expectation is, right? And uh, if it really is about giving and being a giver, uh, and, and, and again, that, the analogy of the scale, that's per, I, I love it. Like I, I, always, I always talk about when I leave you know, a conversation, what I walk away with, that scale is staying with me because I think it's so perfect in terms of what, this, what, you know, what we're trying to do here. And uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I love it. Thank you so much. And as a parting words for your listeners, I'd like to share over four decades ago, my mentor talked me into saying something to myself every day. Okay. And he talked me into it and I agreed. And and I've been saying this to myself multiple times. It's three phrases. I say it to myself every, multiple times every day and have for four decades. And as fortunes ebbed and tied and businesses ebbed and tied through my life and through time, these phrases were extraordinarily powerful. And I pray that your listeners listen to these and write them down and that they begin saying these three phrases to themselves. So as a closing reference for your listeners, I say these three phrases and they are as follows. Yeah. I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Mm. Powerful stuff. Especially when we talk about all the adversity that's out there and the challenges that we face on a, a daily basis, I think those three phrases are, are perfect for that. Because challenges are going to come; they're going to they're they're, they're 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 inevitable, and it's what our response is, you know, and how we deal with them and and, and, and react, if you will. Um, powerful stuff. So no, that's a great lesson. Great lesson, yeah. If, if listeners wanted to l learn more about Givers University, where can we send them? Just go to GiversUniversity.com and uh, sign up for the free newsletter. It's absolutely free. They'll get an email that says, do you want to talk with these people? Because we don't spam. They have to say yes. And then they'll get a couple of downloads the first week that are absolutely free to help them on their way mm -hmm. with their discernment. And then once a week thereafter, and from there, they'll learn all about us and contact us and all that kind of stuff. But right now, our focus is to help them build their giver community around them mm -hmm. so that they can have these incredible benefits when we have the right people around us. So thank you so much for having you on your great show. You have a wonderful, great, audacious podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I appreciate you taking the time. And all the best, EA. Take care. Have your best day ever. You too. 
back. We are here on the Audacious Living Podcast, and I got to send a big, big shout out and thanks to EA for joining me and, and, and filling us in on sir, his, well, sharing his personal story, uh, which again, I think is phenomenal, uh, being able to take those lessons from that very intimate relationship that you have with these mentors and take those lessons and being able to give those on to other people and impact uh, others the way you do. And again, through Givers University um, is just a really, really special way and, and a great way of tributing, uh, you know, your mentoring relationship. So again, thanks, EA. I, I appreciate you being here. You know, when I think back to my conversation with EA and there's so much to think about, but if there's just one thing that I take away from our exchange, it would be this. I firmly believe that the greatest lessons in life that we learn comes from the hands of other people. While there are no shortcuts in life, having the right person in your corner cheering you on is one of the best life hacks out there. Now, Aside from just being a great cheerleader, these special individuals or mentors can also impart valuable wisdom and insights based on their own experiences. Good mentors can be pivotal during major junctures of our lives, both from a personal standpoint as well as professional. The powerful lessons we can learn through our mentors are, it can be impactful but the lessons that we learned aren't meant to remain with us. We each have an obligation to pay it forward and help unguide others in the exact same way that we receive that guidance. Now that's audacious. Hey, listen, if you haven't registered for email notifications of the podcast, please know that you can do so simply by heading over to bestaudaciouslife.com. All you've got to do is enter in your email address and you will be immediately subscribed to the platform. And every time we got brand new content, it does come your way. We've come to the end of another edition of the Audacious Living Podcast. And as always, I, I send my thanks and appreciation to our amazing listeners. Uh, without you and your lovers and your desire to be audacious, I don't know where we'd be. So again, I appreciate uh, the tremendous ongoing support. It is so, so appreciated. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show love to one another, and be audacious. listening to the audacious living podcast hosted by audley stevenson if you enjoyed what you heard be sure to like subscribe and share until next time be audacious